This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 385, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 22nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 385, where we take a look at the comic reviews from the week of Wednesday, June 22nd. This episode is coming to you on June 29th, so already new comics are flying off the shelves into your hands. But before we read them, let's take one last look at last week's comics. Uh, as I like to usually do, I like to take a look first at the comics I did not get a chance to read before talking about the ones that I did. Uh, some of the highlights that came out last week include the rebirth launch of Aquaman number 1, uh, Cyborg 12, Deathstroke 19, Harley Quinn 29, um, uh, Robinson of Batman, Teen Titans, Wonder Woman, its rebirth launch, Back to the Future number 9, a new issue of Captain America, Sam Wilson, uh, Deadpool vs. Gambit number 1, new issues of Drax, Deadpool, uh, Gwenpool, uh, Mighty Thor, Miss Marvel, Nighthawk, Power Man and Iron Fist, Rock and Raccoon and Groot, Scarlet Witch, Ultimates, Uncanny Avengers, and Web Warriors. So with all that being said, just what did I read last week? Well, I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't really. Uh, first up, we've got Action Comics 958, as we see more of the pre-New 52, or pre, uh, sorry, I should say pre-Flashpoint Superman, or post-Crisis Superman, fighting uh, what looks to be kind of original classic Doomsday, with the help of Lex Luthor of the New 52 universe. Um, I actually, I dug this. Um, I thought it was enjoyable. It's written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by Patrick Zerker. Uh, Zerker's artwork is great. Um, there's a lot of questions here, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, what is exactly going on, but the way that Superman is written feels like Superman. Um, the way that Lex is written is really good as well. Seeing what's going on with, um, with John Kent was also pretty interesting. Uh, the only thing, I guess, that doesn't really go a lot of anywhere here is, you know, just who is this Clark Kent that we see. Um, I thought his persona is a characterization a little kind of rub me the wrong way and it still bugs me that Superman doesn't just have the red shorts and he has the kind of more of a modern look uh, and belt to him just because I wish he had the, the, the silly shorts because I love them and whenever I see them nowadays I'm always like oh man that looks like what Superman should look like otherwise I actually really enjoyed this. I like the pacing. Uh, I think it moves quickly. I think it, I like that it's twice a month. Some books, I think it works better. This one, because the world feels big. It doesn't just feel like a, a small story. I mean, you've got Metropolis. You've got all the supporting cast. Well, a few supporting cast members. You, I mean, you've got Lois. You've got John. You've got the other Lois and Jimmy. And you got Perry. And you got you know Lex and and Cal and then you got Doomsday like it just feels like there's a lot going on plus there's the mysterious Mr. Oz um because there's so much going on I feel like it works even more as um a semi-monthly book uh because you are or yeah semi-monthly because you are kind of getting a lot going on and it doesn't feel like too much it's just it's just enough I'm gonna give it an 8 out of 10 I thought it was a good read um and it feels like what action comics should feel like there's a lot of action Next up is Carnage Number no. 9 by Jerry Conway and Mike Perkins. This is Sea Devil Part 4. Uh, just absolutely loving the storyline. It's just so much going on, seeing how these characters kind of come to be in this place, what exactly is going on with Carnage. Um, it's really exciting, and I'm excited to see where we kind of go from here. Uh, the covers, first of all, are just mind-bendingly gorgeous. Like, they're really twisted but cool. And, like, here, this one is, like, it's a giant tidal wave, but it's really Carnage's face. Like, it's just really inventive covers. Um, Jerry Conway is telling a great, moody, dark story. 
Uh, Perkins is such a great artist for this. And again, I have to single out Mike Del Mundo or Del Mundo for his amazing cover artwork. I'm going to give this again an eight out of ten. I hate to be a broken record, but Carnage just remains a really thrilling and enjoyable book uh, about these people who are after Carnage. Uh, Jerry Conway really is able to take the horror elements and mix it together with this more modern kind of military uh, operation as well. And Perkins is perfect for that. Um, he blends horror and and again, like when he was doing uh, Captain America, or you know, he he is just such a great. Um, look to his, his art, which really has a, a modern sensibility and really captures this horror slash military procedural quite well. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Next up, we got Civil War Two: Choosing Sides. This is three stories which have varying degrees of success. We got post prologue by uh, part one by about Nick Fury by writer and artist now Declan Shalvey um, and Jordi Belair on colors. Night Thrasher by Brandon Easton and Paul Davidson, with artwork by Andrew Crossley. And then Damage Control by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, and artwork by Leonardo Romero. Um, the main, the, I guess the first story with Nick Fury I thought was the strongest. I'm excited to see what where they go from here. It was a really enjoyable story. The Night Thrasher story I wasn't a big fan of. It just felt... I don't know. I was trying so hard, and it just wasn't that enjoyable. And the damage control story didn't really work for me either. Um, so I feel like overall, I would give the issue maybe like a five. Um, but I feel like if we were to break it down by story, the first one would be like an eight, and the other two would be more like threes or fours. Like I think they just kind of brought the overall package down. I thought the Nick Fury story was really strong, and I'm excited to read more installments. And I'm hoping that the other stories we get in future anthology issues are stronger. Uh, next up is Detective Comics, the number 935. Uh, I'm actually really digging this as well. I work by Eddie Barrows, and it looks different than usual in a good way. It looks great. Uh, I guess Eber Ferreira on inks and Adriana Lucas on colors. James Tinney the fourth writing the script. Um, really enjoying the kind of the, the boot camp aspect of them kind of trying to whip into shape this team. Um, who are used to kind of operating more or less as loners, but they have to do something different and seeing what Batwoman's up to and how she's kind of confronted with this and what to do next and how Batman's going up against his little army of 50. Um, There's a lot of really good stuff here. It's a very solid book. The biggest question on my mind, and and, and a good one, is I want to know why Clayface is here. So I, I just... Like I, th- I think it's really a kind of a cool concept to bring in a villain like that who's never really been that necessarily evil, uh, depending on which incarnation you're looking at. But I like the idea that they're kind of kind of make him heroish here, and I kind of want to see what they go with it. I feel like you know you just know something cool is going to happen because you don't just all the other characters you you kind of know what they're like. You know what um, Cassandra Cain is like, even though she's different in the New 52. She still has a lot of similarities to the original version. Uh, you know what Tim Drake's like. You know what Spoiler's like. These characters are very familiar. Clayface, in this context, is a complete unknown. And that's what makes it exciting, because I don't know what they're going to do with that character. And I really am excited to see what they do. And he, they write him so sad and tragic, and like he doesn't even know why he's there. And he can't really keep up, because he's just so different. He, he's not in any way like the rest. So I can't wait to find out exactly why Tinian the Fourth 
or why James Tinian the fourth, I should say, why he's putting him on this team. I'm excited to find out that reason. So every issue that I get, I'm just going to be more hungry for that answer. And I think that's very effective writing that they have made me really want to read each issue just to see what the hell happens to Clayface. Like whoever thought that would be a thing that anyone would ever say that the words would ever come out of someone's mouth. I can't wait to see what happens with Clayface. You just know something cool is going to happen with Clayface. You know, you know who's ever said that before? Nobody. Never. No one cares about Clayface. Not like this. But I'm interested now. I'm really intrigued. Next up is Doctor Strange number nine. You know, it's funny. I didn't really like the first arc, but this arc I'm actually digging a lot more. This Last Days of Magic. This is chapter four. I mean, it's all part of the same mega arc, but I think this one I'm much more intrigued by. It's written by Jason Aaron, artwork by Chris Piccolo, and a bevy of inkers. We got Mark Irwin, John Livesey, Victor Alazaba, Alve, Tim Townsend, and Jamie Mendoza. That's six inkers. Uh, it's remarkable that the book looks as consistent as it does. Um, we get more of them trying to find like the weird dregs of magic that still exist and trying to bring them all together and try to use them to go up against the empirical. Uh, also, you know, we, we know that there's something else is going on in terms of that the evil that is literally in the basement. Um, I like the, you know, the fact that uh, Stephen and Wong have quite the disagreement here. Um, this is cool. This is a really well-written issue. Great art. I'm going to give it an 8. I don't know why there's 800 anchors, but I have to give them credit that it doesn't look like there's 800 anchors, uh, which is good. Uh, next up is Flash number one. Um, I wasn't a huge fan. It was a, it was an okay issue. Um, I thought the art looked a little rushed. Uh, I'm a big fan of Carmine de Domenico. I just thought that his artwork here uh, felt like it could have used a little bit more time. Um, it's written by Joshua Williamson and so far, I mean, it definitely feels like they're trying to imbue a sense of freshness here uh, with the book and, and making the characters kind of understand and, and go through this adventure and I, you know, I'm looking through it and maybe it's a little bit better than I gave it credit for I thought that the ending with the kind of the speed the speeded up version of the um, Flash's friend um, it wasn't exactly clear what was happening until I kind of went back and was like, oh, that's what's happening? Like it wasn't I guess at first it looked like it was just lightning, and then it was almost like it was slowing down into a more corporeal form. Um, maybe I'm being too hard on this book. I'm going to give it a 7. I don't think the story is really jumping out at me so far as something that's truly original or or even that maybe gripping, but I think they could get there. So I'll give it a 7. Uh, next up is Justice League 52, the last issue of Justice League. Um, and I wasn't really sure what this was going to be like, uh, but I actually really dug this. I thought it was really good. Uh, it's uh, it's called That Which You Manifest Is Before You. That's the name of the story. Artwork by Tan- Dan Jer- sorry, written by Dan Jurgens. Artwork by Tom Grummet. Grummet, uh, his art actually, I mean, it still looks like Grummet, but at times it looked a little bit different. It was a really cool concept because it basically leads up to action comics where we're seeing, you know, the Lex Luthor decided to basically be Superman and what that looks like. Um, and I really dug it. I thought it was a really strong you know, I wish that this had kind of come out before Action Comics, because uh, it's a great kind of lead up to what the character wants to be, who he is, how what happened in the Justice League, you know, series during the Dark Side War, how it affected him. Now that he's come back, what he wants to do, how he takes the death of Superman, and what he wants to do going forward. Uh, I thought it was really strong. Um, I mean, Dan Jurgens is a great writer. He's and I think he's doing some great work right now, and I think Grummet was a, a good choice as well. I'm going to give it an 8. This is kind of a, a week where nothing sucked. Uh, the only thing I didn't like so far was Civil War Two choosing sides. So that's a pretty good week when almost everything's an 8. Uh, and last, but definitely not least, is the Totally Awesome Hulk, number 7. 
Uh, I really enjoy this book. This is written by Greg Pak, and this particular issue is actually penciled by Alan Davis. And I thought this was so cool. Like, it's a really good um, kind of examination of what happens to Bruce. Uh, Bruce has been freed from the Hulk, and what does he do now? And I love the idea that, you know, he's still angry. He's still got all this rage. It's still in him. And he almost can't help himself. And, like, uh, it was just so good. And then the ending, though, was just, oh, like, very emotional and, like, satisfying with, you know, just even reading that ner- the internal dialogue. My name is Bruce Banner. I used to be the Incredible Hulk. And then just him, like, embracing Tony, like... I'm, I'm really digging how Pac is, is, is writing what's happened to uh, Bruce here and how he's handling this recent you know separation from the Hulk and how he's, he's kind of, in some ways he's handling it well, but he's also not. Like He's kind of trying to kill himself. He's never had to do this before. Um, and it was very cool. And all he's ever, all he's ever really wanted has been, been to be alone. And uh, how does he kind of deal with this? And... Um, I, I really dug this. I don't know where they're going to go from here, especially with what may or may not be coming up in Civil War II. Uh, but this issue, I, I, it floored me, but just how strong an issue was uh, as it really kind of got to the heart of, of what Bruce is now. Uh, obviously, at some point, he'll become the Hulk again, but at the moment, he's not, and kind of him dealing with what that means. Um, and I thought it was a really good character study, which I'm actually going to give a 9 out of 10. I, I thought it was one of the... I think it was the best book I read all week. So let's look forward. So that's everything that I got a chance to read last week. Let's look forward to today, June 29th, at some of the highlights. Now, because I believe it was a fifth Wednesday, I could be wrong. It's a fifth Wednesday, so there's not as much content as you might expect usually. Um, from DC Comics, there's uh, not a lot, actually. There's uh, Dark Knight 3 Master Race number 5. Uh, there's the DC Superhero Girls Trade Paperback Finals Crisis. Uh, we got Deathstroke Annual number 2, Grayson Annual number 3. Uh, Justice League of America Omnibus Volume 2, Suiciders King of Hela, uh, there's a Swamp Thing Trial by Fire Trade Paperback, Teen Titans Annual, so not a lot of actual floppies coming from DC. Uh, Over at IDW, we have uh, a few things. Best of DC War Artists uh, Edition Hardcover, uh, Ghostbusters International Number 6, as well as Ghostbusters International Trade Paperback, Got Gem and the Holograms Number 16, Micronauts Number 3, my Little Pony Friends Forever, number 30. Uncle Scrooge, 16. The Walt Disney Donald Duck Newspaper Comics Hardcover, volume 3. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, TMNT, Bebop and Rocksteady Destroy Everything, number 5. Uh, over at Image, we've got Sex, number 29, as well as the sixth trade paperback of Saga. And then over at Marvel, we've got All New All Different Avengers, number 11. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Silk Spider-Fi Effect, number 4, the print version. we got the Angela, Queen of Hell trade paperback, Journey to Thunderworld. Uh, which is kind of a fun title. Uh, Black Panther number three, Captain America, Steve Rogers number two, Captain Marvel number six, uh, Darth Vader twenty two, Extraordinary X Men, Hyperion, uh, in Mockingbird, Silk, Spider Man, Spider Gwen Annual, uh, Star Lord, uh, a Thunderbolts Classic trade paperback volume two. It's a new printing of it. We got the first trade paperback for the recent Ultimate storyline, uh, Start with Impossible. We got Uncanny and Humans number eleven and Uncanny X Men number nine. Uh, Venom of Space Knight number nine, and a bunch of other trades of those particular books, as well as the first trade of Vision, Little Worse Than Man, which is absolutely fantastic if you've not yet read it. It is just haunting but brilliant, uh, as well as the first trade paperback of Jughead. So that's everything coming out, uh, well, today. 
So thanks for joining me for this episode. This has been episode 385. Next episode, 386, should be our conversation with John Semper Jr. I just have to finish the editing on the episode, but that should be going up in a couple days. Um, It's a really enjoyable episode. We recorded it over a month ago, but I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, From there, episode 388, not sure what that's going to be yet. Uh, and then we have some a few movie episodes coming up soon. I think we're going to have an episode, I think, on Ghostbusters, Star Trek Beyond, and Suicide Squad. As we are slowly getting closer to episode 400 that will be coming out uh, in August, which is very exciting. I can't believe I'm almost at 400 episodes. Uh, so thanks for listening. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.